What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the August 4th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined as always, 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 always by the king of the courtside, the courtside king. You can call him Joey, though. What's up, buddy? Man, it's it's going all right. It's been a minute since we did this. I think our last show was sometime in mid-July. Uh, but schedules have been crazy. There's been travel. There's been events. Feels like everything's been going on. And this week has not been any less crazy. I feel like I've had a lot going on with work. You had some travel. Uh, your baseball team sold their good players that were remaining. Can we stop? Yeah. Can, can, like, I mean, you just had to throw that in there, didn't you? I did. I did. It, it has been uncalled for. quite uncalled the for. week. Uncalled for. Uh, just... Have you know, sir, you're currently losing to that team that uh, traded away their good players. It's still so, 2-1, um, right? Or did it change? Uh, I don't know. I, I turned it off because we have a show to do that's not about baseball. Oh, there Joey, we go. it's weird, but you do want to know something that's interesting, though. Uh, for those who don't want baseball information, but when gaming and esports news, they can always follow the show on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. And while you're on Twitter, make sure to give Joey, a.k.a. the Philly Fanatic, a follow at Courtside King. And then you can give myself a follow uh, at Fiasco because that is the Washington Nationals' new nickname, Fiascos. Uh, so you can take a look at that there as well. Uh, Nation, as always, the live show here on Twitch is the place to be Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. But have no fear. If you can't catch the live show, Level Up Podcast is available on your podcatcher of choice. Just take a look up in the search feature for whatever podcatcher you use for Level Up Podcast. Extra credit points, as always, patreon.com slash OTN. Become a super fan today. We won't stop you. Uh, Joey, what is on tap for tonight's Level Up Live? What are we talking about? It's a great question, John. We were throwing these notes together right before <laughs> we hopped on here. Uh, we have some stuff with the FTC and the whole Activision Blizzard acquisition stuff. Uh, notes coming out from Brazil and New Zealand. So some comments from Sony as well as some comments from Microsoft on that front. We have a new handheld in the works at Logitech, a cloud gaming handheld. We have some Game Pass family plan testing to chat about. Some new content across the board for multiple games. Delays are the reason for the season, it feels like, in gaming this year. So some of those to mention. Pokemon Presents was this week. So we have a lot of new details there as far as Pokemon Mobile games as well as the upcoming Scarlet and Violet titles. Riot Games have given more details on their fighting game, Project L, and much more. Joey, if this was July, you could say it's Christmas in July, and good old St. Nick is bringing a bag of delays for you once again. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, sir, uh, we missed out on that cool pun, so we'll have to figure out some more. I'm sure you can do that uh, for us here. Uh, so with those amazing topics, before we even jump into those, Joey, it is time for our drink of choice. Um, yeah, your beverage, please, sir. Uh, yes. Um, I am drinking my last <laughs> Aslan beer here. I have Shocker. a Johan Beisebrot. A little double IPA brewed with pineapple, mandarin oranges, and vanilla. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mountain Dew. It's what, we're, it's, what, it's, it's what we're talking with is Mountain Dew. Uh, today we're getting that jolt of caffeine because, Joey, this Thursday has dragged on like crazy. Uh, it feels like it should be a Friday, no? Is it just me? Um, if. It should have been a Friday yesterday, in in my humble opinion. Um, I'm done with this week already. I am absolutely tired. I'm I'm. You know what? This is not the John complains about the world podcast. So uh, I will refrain from airing my grievances uh, at this moment. But the one thing I do want to air, sir, is our takes on amazing gaming esports news. Uh, and all those delays you mentioned as well. So without further ado, Joey, let's go ahead and get into the gaming esports news segment presented by Gamer Bytes. Bite-sized games and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. We'll put that link in the chat for you again, Joey. Let's go ahead and kick it off with gaming esports news. Let's go. Well, John, it's been a minute since they've been in the news, but it is time for Tencent to make a return, and they are making a triumphant return this week. We have acquisition news around them, or potential acquisition news per se. They're also working on a new handheld. This one in a deal with Logitech, partnering up with Tencent to launch a dedicated cloud gaming handheld. We've seen cloud gaming kind of rise across the board. NVIDIA GeForce Now, Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, uh, Microsoft's xCloud. We know Sony signed like a 10-year deal with Microsoft for Azure servers uh, for their cloud gaming service as well. So there's a lot of cloud gaming out there. 
And one of the biggest things we're seeing now is how do you play? So you have mobile devices, you have iPads, uh, Samsung TVs now support a lot of it as well, refrigerators too, too, apparently. But another thing is handhelds. The Nintendo Switch continues to sell extremely well. How do we get it more into other hands and other devices outside of just mobile devices? And that answer seems to be the handheld market. And Logitech now trying their hand at it as well. Yep, I'm I'm a big Logitech fan. I have a lot of Logitech products sitting here in front of me right now. Uh, I think this is going to be interesting. Um, Tencent and Logitech teaming up. I, I feel like this has the potential uh, to to shake the market up here a little bit. Um, cloud gaming handheld. I mean, cloud gaming still new-ish. Um, we can ask a couple companies out there who have struggled to figure it out. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names here or there. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I think Tencent and Logitech might be a match made in cloud heaven, if you will, uh, for gaming. Uh, I, I think they could probably pull it off and, and, and do pretty well with it and, and really take a hold of the handheld market. I mean, you're not going to like overthrow like a Nintendo or anything like that, but you can definitely give them a good run for their money, especially with the cloud-based side of it. Yeah, it's very interesting because you're taking probably one of the top peripheral makers, in my opinion, in Logitech. They're out there. They make a lot of money doing it, and they're usually up toward the top of the charts, at least on most review sites, I feel like. And then Tencent's your number one gaming company, Sony right behind them in revenue. So Tencent's giant when it comes to the software side. Logitech's giant when it comes to the hardware peripheral side. And then on top of that, this partnership also includes Xbox and it includes NVIDIA, who are both working closely with the two to develop this handheld. So, I mean, this potentially has that marketability to be ginormous when it eventually launches. Anything else on cloud gaming handhelds? Have you had a chance to try any cloud gaming, by the way? I have not. I have not. Not yet. No. We'll get you there eventually. It's interesting. I feel like the latency is still one of the things that holds it back, depending where you are. If you have strong Wi-Fi, it's not as bad. But, like, I don't know, if you're commuting, for example, on a metro or whatever, you're going to go in and out depending on the hotspots. So it gets a little bit more latency heavy there in those situations. So still work to be done. But, yeah, accessibility, it definitely is getting up there and continuing to improve. Next up, John, let's jump down to our new content section and talk about some of this new DLC coming this week, uh, or at least in the very near future. We got some new teasers this week for a couple different games. The Ascent is one that you and I tried. I know it didn't really stick too hard for you. It wasn't my favorite style either with the twin stick shooter. Uh, some fans in OTN, though, Panicking Pat, really enjoyed it quite a bit, as well as a number of other people across the interwebs. Uh, we can take a quick look as we talk through the Cyber Heist DLC. Uh, we'll play it on screen for those live with us on Twitch. For those listeners, we'll just talk a little bit about it. Uh, John, what what did you not like about The Ascent from your experience with it? Everything. Uh, <laughs> I, I hated the gameplay. I hated the controls. Um, it just it felt like it was trying to do too much. I, I didn't like the angle that everything was at. I mean, I, I understand this is a very like popular angle, like especially for like like Diablo games and stuff like that. I don't know. It just it just didn't do it for me. It was I, I couldn't get into the game. I the, the gameplay itself, the controls, I wasn't a fan of. Um, graphically, I didn't think it was anything special. It just felt like another run of the mill game. Um, and I'm very much one of those people. If you if you can't capture my attention in a game in the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes I play that game, you're gonna lose me. Uh, you know, there's too many games out there vying for my attention, and I just don't have time to play a game that just doesn't resonate with me. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad game, uh, in general, I'm saying it's a bad game for me. Um, but you know, again, we have people in OTN that absolutely love this game. That's completely cool. Um, that's why they don't invite me to play that game with them anymore. And I, uh, and I appreciate the lack of invite. <laughs> I, I agree on certain points. I think graphically it was really nice. I think the cyberpunk-esque cities looked really, really pretty. Uh, for me, I agree on the controls though. It just I, I, twin shooters are a thing of the past for me. I understand still a lot of people like it a lot. Uh, for me, it's not my preferred playstyle, similar to what you were saying earlier. So, love the idea of it getting new DLC. I think new environments and uh, continuing to build upon the story are a great way to go for those who enjoyed the game. Won't be one I jump into quickly, but Cyber Heist again coming in the near future. Next up in terms of new content is the Left for Dead clone, Back for Blood. It is getting expansion number two, which has a sketch name, uh, Children of the Worm. Uh, this will be coming out. You have a new cleaner coming, which is the playable character, uh, as well as another a number of other things along with this expansion. Uh, I like that smile over there, sir. So you get a new campaign story with Act 5. There's a few new weapon skins as well as new enemy threats. Uh, not really too descriptive in what these are, but they look very, um, I don't know, how would you describe them? Kind of ninja-esque, I would say, from this look. 
Is that where we're going? Ninja? Ninja-like? Sure. I mean, they not? look kind of ninja-like to me. They got their little daggers out. You do have a sniper rifle in there as well, though. Some gas masks. So there's probably poisonous elements involved. Um, overall, I, Black for Blood has been one of those games that's done pretty well overall. It had a really big player base in October. It dwindled off for a bit as we got into the holiday season last year. And then it picked up big time every time a DLC dropped. It's got a lot of replayability. The story doesn't change overall, but the way you can build out your character deck does. Uh, so still holding a pretty decent player count. This one continuing to drop new content as well. Yeah, Joey, next time we play, I'll, I'll put you in, a, in the uh, all-new bear trap. How about that? Um, yeah, Children of the Worm. I like that name. It's creepy. I like it. Um, I, I'm mainly smirking at uh, Homeboy Dead Center here uh, on the graphic because uh, I can't help but think how amazing, Joey, you would look with a mustache like that. I mean, that would just be absolutely fantastic. You think Lindsay would go for that? I do not see the handlebar mustache working out too well for me, the little curly end and all. it curls up. A little, not to mention, little, I think he might be missing action. an eye too, John. I'm not talking about his eye. I'm talking about the mustache, Well, I Joey. mean, hey, you look the, the at the mustache. arrows of the mustache. They point up to the eye, and then you notice the eye is missing. Come on. It's, it, that's where the picture is directing it us. It curls back, pointing back to you and your mouth, not to your missing eyeball. I mean, look, Joey, in all honesty, if you want a missing eyeball, I'm pretty sure we can get T-Spans to help out with that. Yikes. Uh, he takes care of the ears <laughs> enough on that front. Um, but overall, this is great. I love when games get new content, especially if it's free content. I don't know if this one is free or not off the top of my head, but it looks like it is set to launch. Expansion number two, August 30th. Wiggling from that worm to the next, we have Hitman 3 with their August roadmap, another cool game that continues to add some new free DLC into the mix. Uh, Hitman has done some unique stuff as far as adding these um, exclusive targets is what they call them. I know Jay Bertoni in the D OTN Discord was kind of explaining them to me recently, uh, but we now have a look at kind of what year two August looks like for Hitman. You have some new gun skins, some new missions coming in. Uh, it doesn't really give too much outside of some small pictures and names, but I love the fact that, again, this game continues to add new content. It's been voted. It was one of the top Game of the Year contenders for last year on a lot of different websites. On top of that, as far as ongoing content, it's always up there getting votes as well. Jerry, I'm not going to lie. The floral baller pistol with silencer on it is um, the classiest murder weapon I've ever seen in my life. It does look good, and um, I think it probably goes with that flower power event there on August 23rd. Yeah, for real. Like, if, if I was to be killed by a gun, like, that would be the gun I'd like to die by. I mean, that would be a very classy gun, if you ask me. It's very classy. Looking good. And yeah, you okay. might be able to take out an ex-dictator with that on August 12th through the 22nd. Ooh, Colorado <laughs> okay, also Putin, making what? a play here. August 11th through the 22nd. Yeah, this is cool. I love the way they continue to add new content and do it on a monthly basis. Great stuff there. With that, John, let's jump around a little bit. We'll head into our delays. We'll get those over the way early on so we don't have to drag them out throughout the rest of the show. Uh, Multiverses has kind of popped off. It is a Smash-like clone using Warner Brothers IPs as well as some other third-party ones as well. Uh, it recently launched. It ended up into, I believe, the beta phase late July. And it's continued to move on from there. Uh, so far, looking pretty good. It's in its preseason, per se. Uh, a lot of players coming in from all across different consoles as well as PC. And it continues to uh, give us really a wealth of character properties out there, too. Uh, we've seen some leaks out there, some rumors, some data mining, some actually announced characters. They have a number of IPs to work with as well as the partnership. So I'm curious to see how the roster continues to build out. And I love the idea of a Smash-like game being available, one, outside of Nintendo consoles, and two, being free to play. I think it opens up a lot of uh, really availability for gamers to get involved with it. And I think we'll continue to see that grow moving forward as well. Uh, sadly, the delay part is Multiverses Season 1. Uh, John, I don't know if you've had a chance to try Multiverses yet, but Season 1 is delayed. Plenty of time to still jump into that preseason, it seems. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I give it a shot or not. Uh, I know they have the Animaniacs in there, and I think that's, that's pretty epic that they have the Animaniacs, so I, I may have to check it out. And are you someone who likes Smash? Remind me. I know you've played some fighting games no. here and there. Smash <laughs> is not your thing. This probably won't be your thing either, thing. then, if I had to guess. Probably not. Um, probably I'm not, not the biggest fighter game fan either, but I do love the idea of so many different IPs involved with this. Uh, maybe a Shaggy and Scooby one day if they're not already in there. So it's definitely one I will probably check out, especially being free to play. I think Shaggy is in there already. I think he might be, and if he isn't, I definitely yeah. think he's planned to be. So, again, we don't have a date on when Season 1 will launch. It's still going to be the preseason. I believe that was extended. I don't have... Oh, here we go. So, the preseason Battle Pass has been extended from August 8th to August 15th. So, they're going to give that at least one more week. They haven't given a date for Season 1 as of yet. I would assume it's probably shortly after August 15th. Multiverses would be such a good name, right? 
Did he type that in chat? He did. Thank you, Potluck. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, yeah. yeah. B, join the Discord, fam. Then you can find out where that stupid joke came from. Uh, next up, John, you're a big WoW player. Blizzard and NetEase, well, they were making you a, a new WoW game for mobile devices. It's going to be an MMORPG like the popular IP World of Warcraft. It was going to be a spin-off version, though, taking place in a different time period. It's been in development for over three years, and that is the end of it. It is going to be canceled and will not be released. Cool. Um, I don't think there's a single WoW fan that cares. Uh, <laughs> I've seen so many sad tweets about this, actually. Really? I have. I've I mean, seen a lot. It's been... It's been in development for over three years. Nobody knows exactly what it was going to be. The The last several expansions for World of Warcraft have absolutely sucked. I, look, at, at the end of the day, like, it would have been nice to have a, a mobile World of Warcraft game. Yeah, it would have. I'm not going to sit here and lie saying I wouldn't have played it. But also, at the end of the day, me not getting the game doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it, if they shipped the game and it was bad, that would have changed something. Uh, if they shipped the game and it was good, that would have changed something. Uh, they're telling me I'm not going to get something I already did not have. So, I mean, yeah, it's sad that we're not going to get it. But at the end of the day, I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it, it sucks, but I would rather have Dragonflight be a successful expansion. I would rather them put all their energy into Dragonflight and the expansions after that to try to save that MMORPG versus putting out a mobile game that's taken three plus years to develop and obviously it didn't go anywhere and they just decided to scrap it. Uh, so I don't know. You, 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 it, it, it's a give and take. And uh, in this case, I don't feel like they gave anything, so I can't take away anything. Yeah, no, I get that. And I, you're not the biggest mobile gamer either. I think the level no. up nation knows that pretty well. <laughs> uh, I also don't really like mobile games when it comes to MMORPGs. I feel like it's just a lot on devices. Like one, the device will get hot. Two, your wrists will get sore from holding it for so long. Unless you're doing something like a blue stacks or streaming it to your PC, it just really doesn't feel like a great experience to me. Genshin Impact's another good example of that, in my opinion. I know it pulls in tons of players. Uh, even Fortnite, I, it's not an MMORPG, but people will play that for hours on end on mobile devices. I just can't do it. I just It's not comfortable enough for me. So with that being said, I think the bigger story here uh, is not only the relationship going on between these two, which they're both saying is pretty amicable still going on between them, uh, even though there were some financial issues and that's the reason this project was canceled. Uh, I think the other big problem is three years, John. I mean, we see game developers put so much time into some of these projects. I mean, Star Wars, I think it was 1313 was the name of it. The Bounty Hunter game was canceled after it was like right near completion. Uh, I just can't imagine being a developer devoting so much time of your life, like two to three years on a game to see it canceled like that. Definitely think that is the hardest part. But at least for now, pending any changes that happen with this, it doesn't seem like we'll be getting at least this version of a WoW mobile game anytime soon. Next up, let's talk about Activision Blizzard, but under a different lens. Uh, we've seen a lot of FTC comments out there, and this is something being reviewed pretty much across the world. The FTC being the U.S. body, Brazil has their own body as well as New Zealand, and we did get some comments from both of those two parties this week. Uh, looking at some of the comments, and again, guys, I think this is being blown out of proportion. I think it's a lot bigger than people are making it, or a lot smaller than people are making it out to be uh, in terms of some of these comments. But some of the ones that have stuck out, Sony has said, in quote, no other developer can devote the same level of resources and expertise in game development. And this is basis on Activision Blizzard as well as, in particular, Call of Duty. Uh, it's a massive franchise. I think everyone knows that at this point. Uh, it's the most played game on PlayStation, the most played game on Xbox most of the time as well. Uh, it's huge. It's pretty well played on PC too. Definitely the biggest thing when it comes to console games, though. And I think Sony's quote is right here. I think it's tough for people to devote the same attention. You can argue maybe Grand Theft Auto on the side of Take-Two has a lot of that. But even then, you're looking at Rockstar and some support studios, while Call of Duty has three mainline studios and I think it's something like nine total with the support studios involved in that game's making. So it is big, and it's going to be tough to replicate, and I think Sony is on the right track with that comment. Uh, they also go on to say Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console and its network of loyal users is so entrenched that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it would not be able to rival it. I, I mean, I see you shaking your head, John, so I'm curious to get your comment on this one. It's such a th – that is a stupid argument um, because you're – one, we already know Call of Duty is going to be multi-platform uh, going forward. Two – 
that's the whole purpose of console exclusive games is to lure gamers to your console. I mean, Sony, hello, you do that also. Like, I, it just it, it, it blows my mind that that was their argument uh, that uh, a, a, a game that isn't exclusive that Microsoft already said is going to continue to be multi-platform uh, is going to influence people to choose Xbox over Sony because Microsoft now owns it. I, I, I don't I don't see that. I, I think that's a terrible argument. And uh, even if it was exclusive. Again, how many exclusive games does PlayStation have? Uh, how many exclusive games does Xbox have? Does, does the uh, Nintendo Switch have? I mean, that's the reason why you have exclusive games is to lure people to your console. I, I think that's just a terrible argument. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, right? Like a lot of it, If, for example, The Last of Us or Uncharted, that's a Sony-made IP. It makes sense. It stays that way. I think in this sense, Call of Duty being multi-platform is where some of the issues arise from. It's always been a big seller on PlayStation. Now, if they lose it, it's going to hurt a lot. But then that comes back to your comment. Microsoft has said it's going to stay multi-platform. Uh, what does that look like? Is that the long-term strategy? Is that just till Sony's contract goes up? And I feel like this might be Sony just trying to get that almost guarantee involved here. If they push it enough, maybe the FTC or whatever Brazil's governing body is, I can't remember the name of it, approves it but says, hey, this is a stipulation. Microsoft has to sign and say this is going to continue to be multi-platform. So I almost feel like it's coming off super whiny. But I feel like Sony's goal, I, I think they realize they're not going to be able to shut this deal down by themselves. They just kind of want to get a guarantee is what I'm guessing they're trying to go for here. On top of that, Microsoft made some comments as well. Uh, to the Brazil governing body, they mentioned that Sony and Nintendo have strong differentiated offerings, including their own exclusive titles. Uh, they mentioned The Last of Us. They mentioned Uncharted. And then they really dove into Spider-Man a lot, uh, mentioning that Sony kind of controls that IP quite a bit, even though it's beloved by so many people. Uh, and they went on to a deeper detail there as far as broader strategy of obtaining rights that make third-party games exclusive to console. And they really nailed Sony on this one. Uh, Sony talking all about exclusivity. Microsoft came and brought up the fact that they made Call of Duty content exclusive in the past, uh, whether that be access to different modes, whether it be access to early campaign access. Um, they mentioned holding characters back in other games, like Spider-Man only being played in the PlayStation version of The Avengers. Uh, they pretty much just nailed the coffin using Sony's own quotes against them. So I think bravo to Microsoft on twisting that around. But again, I don't think Sony necessarily meant it as manipulative as it came across. I think they're just trying to get that guarantee out there. Well, I mean, if there's one thing we know from Sony, it's that they are absolutely incredible with their choice of words, uh, especially when it comes to, to press releases and arguments in the public. Um, you know, like like when they created backwards compatibility, um, or, uh, when they, uh, I don't know, I can't, the list goes on. Um, yeah, I mean, good for Microsoft for, for clapping back. I, I feel like, I feel like Sony from time to time needs to, to humble themselves a little bit. And Spider-Man is a perfect example. Um, as a massive Spider-Man fan myself, uh, that is now in the Xbox ecosystem, uh, Sony absolutely owns everything when it comes to Spider-Man. Uh, Marvel and uh, uh, Disney do not own the rights to Spider-Man movies. That's the reason why Sony is the studio that creates the Spider-Man movies. Uh, there's a, an agreement in place with uh, Marvel and Disney uh, to include them in the uh, MCU. Uh, there is a deal where the two studios work together. But you also have to remember, the third Spider-Man movie almost didn't happen because those two groups could not come to an agreement to extend their, their rights to, to share Spider-Man. And uh, that would have been a big hit because No Way Home was a freaking amazing movie. Um, then on top of it, you have the video games. Uh, yeah, it's an exclusive game to Sony. Sony owns the IP right to Spider-Man. They have every right to have those exclusive games on their console. Uh, and that's one of the big lures Sony uses to get people to go to PlayStation. That makes complete sense. So again, my argument is, why are you going to complain that exclusivity rights for games for Microsoft isn't fair because it's going to lure them to the Xbox console when legitimately you have one of the most popular superheroes in the comic nerd universe solely dedicated to Sony? Like you said, the Avengers game. Uh, Xbox fans... PC fans, guess what? You can't get Spider-Man uh, on the Avengers game. You have to have a PlayStation. That's exclusive content locked behind the PlayStation. So 
kudos to Microsoft. I, I'm not one to sit here and chill for, for Microsoft or anything, but I enjoy a good clapback against Sony when Sony gets out of line. It's a terrible argument, and, and kudos to Microsoft to being like, look, you guys are literally being hypocrites right now. You are literally the pot calling the kettle black. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I think you made some great points there. And, and both sides have definitely played that exclusivity game. Microsoft did it a lot during the 360 generation. They still do it a little bit now, but Sony has definitely gone a little bit harder in that direction, uh, especially when you look at stuff like Square Enix titles, like Final Fantasy. They continue to extend over there for that. You have different characters like Spider-Man being held off. There's rumor of uh, Modern Warfare 2, the Call of Duty campaign, being exclusive early launched onto the PlayStation platform. Uh, so it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Again, we kind of made fun of their quote, so we're going to throw a Microsoft one in there as well because this one just got a good laugh out of me. Uh, this was to the New Zealand FTC equivalent body. Microsoft mentioned, and this was in comment to what Sony had stated in that particular meeting, uh, they stated that there is nothing unique about Activision Blizzard titles. Um, this to me, uh, I, if I'm Microsoft, <laughs> I'm spending, what, 69 70-something billion dollars to buy this company? And there's nothing unique about them? Are you kidding me? Uh, so I think that's just, again, everything about this, whether it be the Sony quotes, the Microsoft quotes, it's all just legal jargon. They're all trying to play for control over this whole situation. Uh, I think Microsoft's going to keep Call of Duty multi-platform regardless. Sony wants them to have to write that down. And I think Microsoft wants to just keep that flexibility to be able to make deals with it. So overall, they're going to kind of argue back and forth with this, but you can't tell me there's nothing unique about Activision Blizzard titles, uh, whether it's Call of Duty just constantly holding the top of the chart every single year, uh, whether it's World of Warcraft and the depth of lore there. I mean, even Overwatch, who's had its struggles here and there, was still a giant IP when it launched and still has a giant multi-million dollar league behind it. So it's the whole nothing unique quote just is way too much for me. It's too extra. So the way I interpreted the whole nothing unique uh, to Blizzard Activision titles was more along the lines of they're not the only ones with an MMORPG out there. They're not the only ones with RTS games out there. They're not the only ones with horrible first-person shooters called Overwatch. Oh, wait, but they are the only one with Overwatch. Never mind. Uh, they're not the only ones with games that fall into those game categories. Yeah, they may do it better than some other games, out, uh, other developers out there, but they're not the only ones doing this. Like, I can name probably five MMORPGs off the top, off the top of my head right now, other RTSs, everything else. I mean, there, there's so many other developers doing it. They may just not be doing it as well as Activision Blizzard, um, but that's the way I interpreted the whole nothing unique uh, a, a, a quote from from that statement, but I totally get where you're coming from, Joey, and I can definitely see that being uh, a, a little kind of head turning there. Yeah, and I honestly think your interpretation is probably the correct one. Uh, it just so happens <laughs> that social media did not take it that way. It became a big console warring thing. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. I bet that's exactly what they're going for here. It's more everyone else makes these genres too. It's not like we're the only ones or Activision Blizzard in this case is the only ones. Uh, with that being said, I think it goes back to Sony's quote though. Call of Duty is massive. No other game has nine plus studios developing it, or at least nine plus major studios under a publisher. Like Naughty Dog 343 with Halo Infinite had a ton of studios. The Last of Us had a ton of studios. But again, those are not all owned by one equity or one party, rather. And it's all kind of brought in with support studios as opposed to these full grown studios that Activision Blizzard has. So it'll be interesting to continue seeing it play out. I think the earliest it can be approved at this point is like the end of September. So there is some time. I have a feeling it'll still go on for months upon months, uh, probably into early 2023, if I had to guess, based on people continuing to ask for new information uh, and new proceedings and such. But it's continued to move forward at a pretty rapid pace so far. So we'll keep an eye on that as we keep going. Next up, sticking with the Microsoft theme, we have one more topic to touch on for them, and that is Game Pass, the family plan. Uh, John, I feel like we touched on this a couple months ago. It was a rumor that went around for a while. I think Jez Corden at Windows Central was the first one to really bring it up. Uh, it's now being in testing at Ireland's and Colombia's Xbox consoles. Uh, so anyone in Ireland, anyone in Colombia is welcome to join this through the Insider program. Uh, it supposedly allows up to five different people. So it's one holder of the account and then four additional people. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be family members as well. Uh, initially, cool. I think a lot of people thought it would be tied around a particular Wi-Fi router or a, a home network per se, where anyone in that home network could kind of be a part of this account. Uh, it's actually just within the country. So if me, you, and three other OTN members wanted to get together, join this family member plan, uh, which is supposedly going to be priced somewhere around $24.99 for U.S. residents, 
anyone within the country is welcome to make this family plan. I don't know if that's going to change or if the wording of that is going to change as it continues to move through testing. Um, but at least for now, five users for $24.99 for Game Pass Ultimate sounds like an absolute steal. Yeah, we'll have to do uh, an OTN lottery for the uh, for the three winners per year uh, to hop on <laughs> OTN's Game Pass account uh, uh, for that uh, for for their continued support. So so no better time than to join the Discord now before this goes live here in the U.S. There you go, a little Patreon <laughs> giveaway. Um, and if you want to play that YouTube video, you can probably just skip to about halfway through. This is Tom Warren from The Verge. He goes ahead and shows it. I believe he's on an Irish console at the time, or at least getting the footage from an Irish console. As far as what it looks like, you can pretty much select who's going to be on your plan. Uh, you just go into your account settings. This is after you choose the preview build, and then you'll be able to add people or subtract people accordingly. Uh, again, you can have up to five licenses, including yourself, on the plan at a time. And again, $24.99. As a single user for Ultimate, you're paying $14.99. So $24.99 for five licenses is pretty darn good. One euro for the first month, 21 euros after that. That's a, that's a solid deal right there. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's honestly something probably worth considering. And it's interesting, I think, the bigger conversation here, not only the family plan, but we have Netflix who is going after people for account sharing, and now Microsoft oh, almost right? takes this too-friendly approach, in my opinion. So I'm curious to see how this ends up playing out as we go. The battle of large corporations and their morale. Like, who would have guessed? It's just guessed? interesting. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like... I don't want to say they went too cheap because I think for a family it's great, but they almost left it too open for people to completely take advantage. So uh, we will see. As a shareholder, I'm more nervous than as an Xbox Game Pass subscriber who absolutely loves this move. Uh, so Joey's so conflicted. I know. We'll keep an eye on that one as we go. Let's talk about some new teasers. Uh, Pokemon, John. We had uh, actually we're gonna come back to Pokemon because we yeah let's do Pokemon. Why not? This is a big one. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to touch on with Pokemon. Is why it's somewhat daunting. Uh, similar to the generational roster of Pokemon, which feels like it's like over a thousand at this point. Uh, I only pay attention to the first 250. Pokemon. The roster keeps growing, and this is a monstrous thing to tackle as well. Uh, they're pretty much making updates across the board. They started out talking about their esports stuff. You can play a little bit of this video in the background if you want to, or at least queue it up. Uh, the esports titles, so similar to what we've seen in the past, you have Tekken, you have the trading card game continuing to be played out at their major event. On top of that, they're adding two new esports titles. We are adding a Pokemon Go battle, uh, which to me is probably not a... I don't want to say it's not a viable esports title, it's just not my top go-to title. I didn't feel like Pokemon Go battles were ever that... Um, I don't want to say competitive because, again, it kind of downplays the competitors, but it's just not my top type of an eSport title. Uh, and then Pokemon Unite, which kind of falls more into that standard category of a MOBA title. Uh, so I do like the additions. Pokemon Go, I'm still a little bit questioning, but Pokemon Unite coming in, I think, is a great move. Any thoughts on Pokemon eSports, Sean? I know you're going to be the next competitive trainer out there getting his gym badges. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, no. Uh <laughs> No, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, there, you, I feel like Pokemon has to find new ways of, of making their IP interesting. Like, you just can't keep essentially redoing the same game over and over and over with multiple generations. Granted, yeah, it still works. People are going to buy them. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I don't know. Here I am sitting here thinking that Pokemon Snap was still one of the best Pokemon games ever on N64, and I want to see more Pokemon Snap. I want to see more games like that. Give me a mobile Pokemon Snap, if you will. Oh, that would um, be cool. Yeah, I, I think Pokemon Unite is, is fine. You know, but think that Pokemon Snap, Joey, using uh, the uh, what was it uh, AR technology, like you can walk around and like you can spot it, and you have, like you can use your phone's camera to like take a picture and then submit it for grading or whatever. Like this is essentially Pokemon snap of the N64, just IRL. Um, that idea is trademarked and patent pending and uh, is intellectual property of myself. So uh, if you want that idea, uh, you're gonna have to come talk to me about it. I love that idea, but also yeah. like why the <laughs> hell do we not have a mainline Pokemon game on mobile? Exactly. Like, give me a normal game, add in new regions or whatever you want to call them, new gym leaders every couple months. Like, I feel like that would pop the hell off. You could make so much money on cosmetics. Like, we're talking, like, multi-million dollar idea. No idea why they haven't gone that route yet. Like, they have all these other games, like Pokemon Cafe. Like, you wiggle your finger around and you create these little recipes and you feed them to a Mewtwo. That's cute and all. Nice. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Masters X, you have all these legendary trainers coming in and you get a battle him and oh yeah, cute, great. You get the gotcha aspects and all that. Give me a mainline Pokemon game. Let me sit on the Metro and train a Pikachu for endless hours. 
I'm 100% willing to do that. And sure, I'll spend some on cosmetics. Uh, maybe I even pay for a Pokeball special in the Pokemart, whatever it ends up being. I just feel like that is such a missed opportunity by Nintendo. And for a company that loves money, I, I get it. They want to push their stuff to Switch because they keep selling. They're up to like 111 million Switches sold, sure. But why not throw a mobile game out there too? You have so many. Just give us like... It doesn't have to be a mainline necessarily, but a mainline style Pokemon game on mobile. I think so much potential is there. Okay, Joe, we're going to take an old school idea here and make it new school. Oh. Give me a Pokemon style Tamagotchi mobile app. Oh, where, I am down. I yeah, love that. Like, let me go catch a Pikachu. Let me raise the Pikachu so it evolves if I want it to or whatever Pokemon that I want it to, you know, to catch and evolve and take care of and feed and all that other stuff. Tamagotchis were massive all across the world for years. For it would be so easy because all the years. phones count your steps. You have Apple Watches, Fitbits. There like, there's so many ways to make it Put work. Put it on the phone, and I guarantee you that pops off also. And then you can keep it alive as long as you want. You can buy new outfits uh, using microtransactions if you really wanted to, if you wanted to make money that way. Uh, or if you collect things from Pokestops and you take the Pokemon Go thing where you take amount of X steps and whatever, you can unlock uh, coins or you can unlock other clothes to put your Pokemon in or backgrounds or take them on a vacation or, or whatever. It feels like the ideas are, are endless there. But give me a Pokemon like Tamagotchi kind of like uh, mobile experience. Uh, I, th I think that'd be pretty cool. We have just given Nintendo like a billion dollars worth of ideas here. Pokemon I want 2%. Snap, mainline S Pokemon <laughs> game. I mean, 2%, sure, I'm down 100%. Uh, I feel like there's just so many good ways to do Pokemon. And yes, they have all these great apps out there. Pokemon Go has done its thing. Pokemon Cafe, sure. I just feel like there's endless potential with this IP. Like, I would probably argue Pokemon is one of the most valuable video game IPs of all time. Like, even bigger than Mario at this point. Like, Mario, sure, it had a great history to it, and it still continues to sell extremely well, like Mario Kart, obviously. But every single one of these Pokemon games continues to break the previous record, it feels like. And the IP just keeps getting bigger and bigger, whether it be TV, movies, games, plushies. The freaking thing sells everywhere. You could make a Pokemon Mario Kart version, and it would sell 11 million copies on launch. Guarantee it. It's just crazy how big this IP is. Now, these new legendary Pokemon, now that you're playing this over here for Scarlet and Violet, these are the dumbest-looking legendary Pokemon I have ever seen. <laughs> One of them has wheels, and it runs. Like, what the hell is the purpose of the wheels? Like, I just... I can't, John. I can't. And I love them on the cover. I thought they looked so cool. And they're going to gift them to me at the beginning with these giant freaking wheels? Like, I can't even right now. I mean, does that mean we don't have to go find a bike in, in whatever city now and, and have to learn how to use the bike and all that other fun stuff? Like I we guess, because the, the bike is riding bike? you unless you're level 30 <laughs> and you can control it. Like, I just, I mean, what do you feel about, like, are there different legendary Pokemon then? Like, if we're getting these ones at the beginning, I just, I'm very confused by this new style. Maybe you don't know they're legendary until the end of the game. Maybe, maybe they just they're completely ruined the end game. They're literally on the box the art, game. though. <laughs> yeah, like, well, what if they just ruined the end of the game by giving you a legendary, but your character in-game doesn't know it's a legendary until the very end? You're like, oh my gosh, I had a legendary this whole time. Wow. Be, yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, here, take my Master Ball. I've just been riding you for 3,000 miles. Like, Yikes. oh my gosh, people, people, Learn please. together, though, Joey. It just said learn together. We're going to learn that it's a legendary Pokemon. We're going to grow like, together, too. Look at that. Yeah, I do not know how I feel about the old bike Pokemon. I love the idea of four players being able to play together now, though. I think that's a great addition. I think LeChonk is probably amazing. Uh, whether his LeChonk. battle skills meet up to the addition, maybe not. But the name and the look are great. <laughs> There's a new Pokemon that looks like a freaking... I, I can't even think. It looks like a bread roll or something. It's like a pastry thing. It looked kind of adorable. used Sizzle. <laughs> okay, now, do you see these new shiny Pokemon thing, too? I can't remember the name of it. But you can turn Pokemon into these crystal things. Not quite sure how I feel about that either yet. <laughs> <laughs> and your face says exactly how you feel about it. Uh. Some of this stuff looks absolutely real. Like you can tell they're starting to run out run out of ideas for for Pokemon for for new generations. Like, look, I, I applaud them for being able to get this far uh, in generations and like trying to come up with different ideas for for other Pokemon. Um, but yeah, they're starting to get a little ridiculous and, um, yeah, Pokemon Tamagotchi, that's your way out. You're welcome. <laughs> the legendary bike Pokemon. I mean, I think that is where I draw the line. Like, what are Ugh. we doing, fam? Like game freak, you are freaking out. Um, but yeah, that is, 
Uh, one to look forward to. I mean, Scarlet and Violet are probably going to sell extremely well. It's a Pokemon game, and it's going to sell 10-plus million copies on launch day, I'm sure. But, I yeah, definitely some questionable decisions with that one. Again, you have some new crystallization going on. It's going to be more open world than we've ever seen with a Pokemon game before. Uh, apparently, you can ride a legendary Pokemon and climb cliffs with it and fly with it and <laughs> ride it like a fairy as well. So that's a thing, Don't too. Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm not a hater necessarily. I'm like a, a, more of a questioner. Like, why? Why are we doing this? Why have we attached wheels to these legendary Pokemon? And if there are wheels, why the hell are we not going to use them? Like, why is this guy still running with wheels all over his chest? Like, I just... Because, Joey, do, do you know how hard know. it is to replace a wheel when it's a part of your body? Like, when, when the tread runs out, like, how are you, like, <laughs> supposed to go and have surgery to get a new wheel put in? Like, I don't, I don't see that being, like economically friendly i mean i'm just saying it's like still... as someone who doesn't really enjoy running i would rather use my wheels to like glide as well than like run overall on all fours over and over and over i just i don't know just man. built differently joey they're, they're, they're built differently yeah, i guess That's if we're looking is. at builds the red pokemon is definitely the one to go with since it's working its muscles constantly while the blue one's like nah brah i'm just gonna roll around um, but I do like the look of the blue purple one more. Uh, with that being said, any other thoughts on Pokemon? So again, Pokemon, where you have the World Championships, Go and Unite are both coming in as new titles. Pokemon Go is getting new additions. Pokemon Unite is getting some new characters and will continue to get plenty more as it goes on. Uh, there's also going to be the Pika Party game mode where everyone plays as a Pikachu and every single monster, Pokemonster rather, uh, on the map is a Pikachu as well. So a lot of Pikachu going on that will probably get stuck in your head as you hear Pika, Pika, Pika all over and over. Uh, cafe, you have Mewtwo revisiting, so you got to make some good dishes for the big old legendary Pokemon. And then again, Scarlet and Violet with the bike legendary Pokemon also making an appearance in that Pokemon Presents this week as well. I, I, I have to ask here, what am I supposed to be flaming you on? According here. According oh, I think T-Spans did not like the idea of my po Pokemon mobile game. Uh, I just I think he's tired of Nintendo printing money and he just knows that is an amazing idea oh, that would just continue well. to print more. <laughs> Got it. You gotta love it. Uh, let's talk Riot Games next, John. Project L is something they unveiled, I think, two or three years ago at this point. I want to say it was like 2020. Uh, this is going to be their fighting game, their Street Fighter, their Tekken, their Guilty Gear-esque game. Uh, we can play this in the background as we talk about it. Uh, Riot Games is someone who's done very good when it comes to game making. They've also done a phenomenal job when it comes to esports. I think a fighting game from Riot, not only will it be top-notch when it comes to mechanics, but I think it automatically jumps its way up toward the top of the esports scenes as well. Yeah, and, you know, it, it looks like from what we can see in their video that it's going to be roughly the same kind of graphics uh, that we got from the Arcane Netflix series, which I think a lot of people will agree with my statement I'm about to make. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so if, if that is, like, the style they're trying to go for, maybe a little bit more 3D-esque, a little more smooth and polished here for the video game, I think it's going to be very uh, successful. I, I think uh, this is a new way to bring people into the League of Legends universe, uh, introduce these characters, and maybe those people who are burnt out with the toxic nature of playing on the Rift but still love the IP, still love the characters, still love the idea of being involved in the ecosystem that is League of Legends, uh, this is a, another opportunity to to continue to to play those characters you love just in a different style. I, I like the idea. I'm not a huge fighting game fan, uh, but I do love me some Mortal Kombat. I do love me some Tekken. Uh, so this is definitely a, a game that I will give it a shot once it does come out. I think it looks great so far, and I was super excited to finally get an update on it. Yeah, I'm not a big fighting game fan either, as we kind of mentioned earlier when it came to multiverses. Uh, with that being said, the art style, I love the art style. And like you mentioned, similar to Arcane, I thought that was one of the most gorgeous art styles when it came to animated television last year. And this just continued to bring that to a new genre, bring it to a game. Uh, and I think it's going to be really cool to see Riot take their first steps into a fighting game. And they also mentioned that Alawi will be one of the playable characters. So, so far oh. we have seen Ari, we've seen Darius, uh, we saw Echo in there as well, Jinx uh, or Powder for those who watch Arcane. Uh, as well as Alawi now making her way onto this game too. So I think it's going to be one of those things similar to Wild Rift, where we see a couple characters probably get launched, and then as it goes on, we'll get closer to that, whatever they're at now, 130, 150-some champion roster, uh, as they continue to release more and more characters as the game goes on. 
Next up from Project L at Riot Games, we have Apex Legends. They have revealed Vantage, their new champion, or legend rather, uh, coming to Apex Legends. Uh, it's one of those games that continues to get great seasons. It fell off very hard after its initial launch, but has rebounded and probably one of the biggest rebounds in history. Uh, up there with No Man's Sky, continuing to pull more players in with every single update. Uh, Vantage looking pretty good so far, bringing in some sniper traits as well. Uh, we'll take a look at that as we play it on screen and chat about them. Um, but I think Apex Legends, John, continuing to bring in some really cool content for their new seasons, continuing to really add on what the game already brings to the table, and then more and more champions and legends continuing to bring players back again and again. Yeah, Apex has a lot of potential. They just need to continue to develop it and polish it. And I do think Apex Legends is a game that can really give Fortnite a run for their money. Um, you know, yes, it was mismanaged when it came out. Granted, it surprised everyone when it came out and did incredibly well for the first month. Um, but it, it feels like they are slowly, and I want to I really, really say slowly, they are on a good pace at, at rejuvenating this tile, title, the fans, the gamers of this title. Um, more and more people that I know that played this game when it first came out and they kind of fell away after you know the content slowed down a little too much are starting to go back. I'm starting to see people on Discord showing that they're playing Apex again. They're talking about it again as well, uh, not just in our Discord server, but other Discord servers as well. Uh, so they're they are re re-energizing this fan base for this title. Um, and I think that's a, a good start. I mean, you're going up against other battle royale games out there. You have to find different ways of getting people excited to play your game and wanting to come back. Uh, and I think they're doing a great job at it. And I think they're doing one of the things that Overwatch did poorly, in my opinion, is they've now fallen into a good cadence with releasing characters and updating yes. the map. Uh, when it came to Overwatch, they started holding that content for Overwatch 2, and hero releases were farther and farther apart, map releases were farther and farther apart. This is taking more of a tone from League of Legends, where you're getting these constant new battle passes, you're getting constant new champions every couple months, uh, you're getting map updates. In the case of League of Legends, you're not really getting map updates, but you're getting a bunch of new skins added in, uh, you're getting new events added in. So I think Apex has really learned from those good live service games like your Fortnite, like your League of Legends, and that was really implemented pretty well. So again, guys, if you want to jump into Vantage's gameplay, I believe she launches along with that new season later this month. Last but not least in our upcoming new teasers, John, we have Two Point Campus. Uh, I did dive into Two Point Hospital a little bit to get an idea of how these games play. Uh, for those who like simulation games, this one will be right down your alley. Uh, but think of it as a simulation with a twist. So it's Two Point Campus. It's supposed to be a college campus, but it's not your ordinary college campus. It's not just your football practices and your biology exams. Uh, this one's going to dive into these crazy classes. Uh, you're going to do like wizarding arts. You're going to jump into, it's like a cheese type of sport where they're throwing cheese wedges at each other. Uh, there's a bunch of different random stuff. You have some vampires shown in the audience. Uh, there's like a knighting school thing going on as well, like medieval times. Uh, so it's really diving into kind of the extraordinary and kind of teaching that in a new class environment. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. But again, Two Point Hospital, extremely successful, made a ton of money for Sega. And I think this one will do pretty well overall as well. It looks like a very fun experience to jump into. I'll have to watch you play it. <laughs> The game looks ridiculous. I think this is something you'd enjoy, though. Like you used to like, like, um, uh, like Roller Coaster Tycoon or any of those like sim games. Similar style. Mm. You're just kind of running a college instead of an amusement park. A cringy college that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very. Well, we'll go and call it James Madison. Oh, I mean the colors do match, <laughs> so we'll just go ahead and work with that route. Um, but yeah, again, guys, that one is dropping. I think it's day one on Game Pass for PC, cloud, and Xbox as well. Uh, so if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can check that one out next week. Next up, John, let's talk about some acquisitions. This first one is not official. Uh, we do know there's some stuff in the works. We don't know if it's going to be a full acquisition, but knowing the company involved, it definitely seems to trend that way with them. This is Tencent and Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft has mentioned that they didn't have any suitors before, and then there have been some rumors of some companies approaching them as a potential buyout. Uh, Ubisoft somewhere... I think their last valuation was like $5.5 if I remember correctly. So somewhere in that landmark. Uh, with that being said, Tencent has a 5% stake currently and is looking to increase that. But not only increase that, John, they're looking to become the largest shareholder in Ubisoft, most likely meaning we do see Assassin's Creed maker, Tom Clancy maker, Ubisoft eventually acquired by Tencent if they do move forward with this. What are your thoughts on this? Ubisoft being acquired. Uh, I do like, I mean... 
Tencent is suspect in their own way, right? They're already the biggest maker out there. Yes. They are Chinese-owned. Uh, there's rumors of data being stolen from different games under Tencent. Uh, one thing I do like about Tencent is that they do keep everything multi-platform. So you don't see stuff going exclusive to PlayStation, exclusive to Xbox, uh, exclusive to Nintendo Switch in most cases. They have worked on some exclusive games like Pokemon Unite with Nintendo. But overall, the heavy majority of their stuff does remain multi-platform. So I love the idea of a guarantee that Assassin's Creed... Tom Clancy, Splinter Cell, all these games do stay multi-platform. Uh, at the same point, uh, Tencent is giant, and it, they really seem unmarked in a sense. Like, we see Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. We see Sony acquiring Bungie, and both of these have to come forward in front of the FTC and answer questions. Tencent's really going unchecked across the world, it feels like, in most cases. Are you the biggest company now acquiring another big publisher? Yeah, I'm surprised Sony isn't complaining about it. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> I don't know. The problem is, is that you're right. Tencent is completely unchecked. Uh, the problem is, is that they have money and money will always win at the end of the day. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad deal for, for Ubisoft to have, um, you know, Tencent have a bigger stake. Uh, that's what Tencent does. They, they plant seeds. They start out small. Then if they like what they see, then they increase and eventually take it over. Um fingers crossed that Ubisoft and the developers and the amazing game designers that they have uh, with that studio are still able to fulfill what they see is relevant to their title, like Assassin's Creed um, and continue to make outstanding stellar games. Uh, you know, Tencent owns Riot Games and Riot Games is still doing absolutely incredible things uh, with their IP. So um, I do have hope. Um, but yes, um, if there is a company out there that makes me a little nervous, it, it's Tencent, 100%. Um, and it just, I, I don't know, like, so far, I don't have a reason not to trust them when they go into a developer or into a studio like this uh, that, you know, creates a game that I'm really a big fan of, like Assassin's Creed. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, we just have been trained to always expect the worst. And that's what it kind of feels like now more and more. It feels like every other week we're coming up with another uh, story here about Tencent investing into another major studio a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And who knows, maybe in, in five, six, seven, eight months from now, we'll be talking about the full acquisition of some of these studios uh, under the Tencent umbrella. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, while Sony's too busy worried about Blizzard Activision going to Microsoft, uh, Tencent is literally acquiring uh, everyone's brother, sister, uncle, cousins, nephews, and pets uh, under the Tencent umbrella. And, I mean, it's going completely unchecked, like you said. I like the pets being involved there, too. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of those things, and I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, Tencent, this is the way they do it. They invest 5 to 10% in these companies, and then they slowly increase that to 15 to 20%, and then eventually they're at 30%, and then they're in talks as a high-minority shareholder. <coughs> had a cough there. Um, and then they eventually become a majority shareholder and they either buy out the full company or they're just the one making the major decisions. So in this case, it's not really super specific if they're the largest shareholder outside of the owning family of Ubisoft or if they want to be the largest overall. Because if they're going for the largest overall, then this easily eventually becomes an acquisition. If they're looking for the largest minority, I still think it becomes an acquisition, but it'll end up taking a little bit more time to get to that route. Uh, with that being said, I mean, Ubisoft has mentioned they're open to different offers. They haven't got any from Microsoft, to my knowledge. They haven't got any from Sony, to my knowledge. I don't think Amazon has reached out. So, I mean, in a sense, they've gotten some offers, but none of them from major game publishers. So Tencent saying, hey, if no one wants to buy you, you have a toxic culture. We're willing to come in and make that acquisition. And we'll keep you multi-platform so gamers don't lose your IPs. I mean, in a sense, it's tough to argue with that, right? I think the biggest argument is, again, the uncheckedness of this. And that's not even a word, but it sounds like it should be. Uncheckedness? Uh, I know. It's just, it's, it, I thought of it in my head. I'm like, you know what? This sounds good enough. I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, but I, it's just it's very interesting to see them being unchecked versus someone like a Microsoft and even a Sony with Bungie. That was like a $3 million, or $3, yeah, $3 million purchase. And Sony got hit so hard on that one, like everyone's checking over and eventually it was approved, but they still had to go through a full phase of questioning. Is Tencent even being questioned? I feel like all these acquisitions, we hear about them, they buy the percentage and then it's just done and there's no like anything that we hear about it. Maybe it's because a lot of it takes place in China and the news just doesn't make it out as easily across the world. 
Um, but like with Microsoft, they're being questioned by like 20 different countries at least or 20 different governing bodies. Uh, and I think Sony went through a lot of that as well, even with a much smaller buy of Bungie. So it is interesting. And again, Ubisoft being a major publisher owning, I think there's something around nine to 12 studios, somewhere in that range, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's a lot of studios for Tencent to get, and they're already the top guy up there. The next one in line being Sony and Revenue and then Microsoft. And it's still quite a bit of a gap between those three. So we'll keep an eye on that. But again, uh, nothing official as of yet, but we listed them under acquisitions because it does seem to be trending that way as of now. Uh, last but not least, this one also not an acquisition, but uh, Coke Media, as many mispronounce as Cock Media, uh, it is rebranded <coughs> to something we're also going to mispronounce. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this as Play On, John. I'm not quite sure. Uh, for those listening to the podcast, it is P-L-A-I-O-N. Uh, it could be, I think Play On is probably the way, right? Play on. It's probably play on, if, if anything, yeah. I think it's got to be play on. And that's the way, I mean, they talk about we're rebanding to make it sound more game-esque. So to me, play on sounds kind of game-esque. And uh, anything else like ply on, I don't think would fit as well. So I think play on is the way. Now, I, I was trying to research this before we hopped on. Is is Was was Coke Media um, tied to, to the, the Coke brothers at all? Or? I actually don't know, but I've always assumed it is. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I was thinking too. I was like, mm, is there a connection there? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, acquired. Oh, I did not know this either. They're actually owned by Embracer Group now. So Embracer acquired Coke Media for $150 million. There you go. 2,300 staff, 1,600. That's another one that is a lot unchecked is Embracer Group. Uh, they don't have any big, big publishers um, but they have continued to pick up quite a few like and they now just picked up probably their biggest ones uh they have thq nordic which is big but they also picked up the east coast or the rather i guess the western division of square enix um like uh the tomb raider stuff with crystal dynamics they have um eidos montreal now who did a lot of like the guardians of the galaxy game recently so yeah they're they're another one that's getting bigger and bigger and they're going to be up in that top five soon enough Okay, that does it for acquisition, sir. Just a couple other things worth mentioning, and then we're going to wrap up this show right about at an hour mark. Uh, the Amazon Luna. I, I know OG Flavortown, I don't think he's in chat tonight, but he is a big stan uh, for both the Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, and uh, pretty much Xbox X Cloud as well. Uh, he really enjoys his cloud gaming on the go. Well, Amazon Luna is now moving to Samsung Smart TVs as well. Uh, they're going to join Stadia, X Cloud, and GeForce Now, who are already available on Smart TVs of Samsung. And this will happen later this year in 2022. Uh, as opposed to Stadia, which doesn't seem to get too many games coming its direction, Amazon Luna does have some deals with Ubisoft. On top of that, they're continuing to make more and more investments as far as third-party IPs uh, to get them to that platform. So it does look like it has some legs to grow. And a lot of people saying the latency is very good on it as well. I like I it. I like it a lot. Uh, so again, Samsung Smart TV is 2022. You can get that Amazon Luna action over there. I believe it'll be available via an app. Uh, then we have Infinity War. They'll be sharing new information on Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 during CDL's Championship Sunday event. Uh, no idea what they're showing off here. I, there have been those rumors. I think Pot of Luck posted them on our Discord server of early campaign access coming to PlayStation players. We don't know exactly what that looks like as of yet. If it's the full campaign, if it's a couple missions, uh, that could be what's announced here. Could also be in the Activision fashion, an announcement of an announcement to later come. Uh, we could see some more multiplayer yeah. <laughs> details. It is at a multiplayer esport event. So I would assume that would be a great place for more multiplayer details if they wanted to show off some new guns, some new maps, whatever that may be. Um, but it's kind of open-ended. We just know it's happening during CDL's Championship Sunday. Any initial thoughts on that to accompany that laughter? Good, sir. Are you excited for Modern Warfare 2? Uh, I'm pretty actually... Uh, for a Call of Duty title, I haven't really been super excited for in a while. I kind of am pretty hyped for this one. Yeah, the, the laugh was because you, you triggered me with the announcement of an announcement. And it'll um, have a timer, too, I'm sure. <laughs> which is the worst trend in gaming currently within the past 15 years. I'm going to go ahead and say that. An announcement of an announcement or a countdown to a countdown. Um, That's the worst for me. A please, countdown to a countdown that becomes an announcement of an announcement is absolute cringe. It does not get worse than that. I, I absolutely hate everything about it. 100%. For the love of God, I, I'm, I'm about at that point where the next time a studio does that, I will not play that game. I am so fed up with that crap. It's going to be wow, Dragonflight. Wait for it, guys. 
And then John will be like, well, uh, well, maybe it's I've, I've seen gameplay. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's completely different. We'll keep an eye on those announcements of an announcements and bring them to you guys first here on Level Up, whether you're joining us on twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media or on the podcast or YouTube. If I do remember to upload this video, you can go ahead and check that out over there as well. Last but not least in the notes for today, John, is Monster Hunter Rise. A lot of people looking forward to the Sunbreak expansion. Well, they can also look forward to a digital event, that one happening on August 9th. Anything else you want to talk about with gaming, John? What are you playing currently? I know you dove into some As Dusk Fall, some Stray recently. Uh, what has been that game that has been tickling your virtual controller? Yes, you just named both of them. <laughs> uh, I'm playing MLB The Show to cope with the loss of Juan Soto. Um, but other Is that than a that, custom national team uh, over there, I'm guessing? Um, I essentially traded the entire nationals team away. Oh, so you did what they did in real life. Garbage, man. <laughs> Yeah, except I actually got legit players back. Uh, hey. Anywho, uh, <laughs> we're not going to go It's looking all right so uh, far. <laughs> uh, this is why Come At Me Bro mm. needs to come back, uh, because I need to vent. Um, anywho, <laughs> uh, yes, Stray, a.k.a. Cat Game, absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I've always wanted to play as a cat, and now I get to live my cat fantasies through Stray. I think the uh, the game is incredible. Uh, the story that they tell is a little odd, but strangely, I like it. Um, as Dusk Falls, uh, I am through Chapter Ooh. 3, uh, which is also called Book 1, apparently. Would you say there were um, five or six chapters? Six. six. Okay. Yeah, so there's Book 1 and Book 2. They're both split up into three chapters. Um, my only complaint with As Dusk Falls, um, I, I do enjoy a good flashback, they put flashbacks in at some really poor times um, to experience a flashback. And I get it. They, they want to try to tell a story before you have a major decision to make. And I get that. But you shouldn't be having me go into a flashback in the middle of a gunfight in a hostage crisis oh. with the police. Like, that is not the right time. Like, when the action is starting to get going and there's gunfires and a character gets shot... Oh, you know, don't give me a flashback. That is not the time for a flashback. Like if you're going to have a flashback to set something up in that moment, it needs to happen before the action starts. Um, it, it's just such a, a kill of momentum. Um, so that that's my only really big complaint. Um, I, I do think it is a lot like Life is Strange minus the actual being able to control the character and being able to walk around. It is definitely structured. It is definitely a story that you make choices and interact mm -hmm. in, but you don't actually physically, physically control any of the characters in-game. Uh, so it's not like, a, like an open-world type of thing where you can actually explore mm -hmm. the level. Um, so if you like narrative-based games, if you like games that kind of feel like a movie where you get to choose your own ending because there's a ton of different options... As Dusk Falls is a very, very good game. The story is incredible so far. Um, yes, there are a lot of warnings in the game in regards to different situations you will face in the game. So please, if you do choose to play that game, read those warnings. Read um, what you may come across in that game. And there is an option to skip some of those events in the game. So uh, definitely pay attention and uh, choose the right version of the game for you. It is definitely a great game so far, and hopefully once I finish with it, I'll be have I'll have a, a better overall review here for you. But um, but I I do appreciate a game that's not afraid to explore those darker areas of life, but also warn you about it and give you the option to skip if that's not for you. Uh, so so kudos to As Dusk Falls so far. I, it's a very enjoyable game. You love to hear it. And meanwhile, I'm over here being a crazy achievement hunter, trying to go for my first 100% in an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, maybe I'll finish before Tencent buys Ubisoft. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but overall, <laughs> I have the pretty much the achievement to defeat these two elephants that can one-hit KO me. And then I have to finish all the locations in the game. So it's going to be a couple weeks to finish two achievements. But hey, that's what we have been grinding as of late here at the Courtside King Corner of Gaming. Um, but overall, John, lots of news this week. Again, a lot of stuff we didn't touch on as well, uh, just because trying to keep the show to around an hour mark, uh, and there is just tons and tons more. If you guys want to get more of that news, subscribe to Gamer Bytes. Uh, do you have that link for signups? I think it's just bit.ly forward slash Gamer Bytes sign up with a capital G, B, and S, if I remember correctly. 
just follow. Just, yeah, just there you go. For those on Twitch, it becomes a lot that. easier. For those listening, bit.ly forward slash gamer bytes sign up. Uh, you can go ahead and sign up for the newsletter there. It's pretty much concise short stories of the top gaming esports news of the week delivered directly to your inbox once weekly. Uh, so go ahead and check that out as well. If you're interested with that, John, unless you have any other news to present to the table, I think we are ready to just go ahead and wrap this up. All right, Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN because they're becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are part of OTN Media. If you have not done so already, make sure you're following the show here on Twitch. You catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows you. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much any podcatcher you so desire to use. Just look up the Level Up Podcast. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some Absolutely. of those ways? Absolutely. Level Up Nation, head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company, OTN Media, as well on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even one of those juicy Twitch Prime subs over here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level Up Live, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, make sure you tune in next week. That is Thursday, August 11th, as we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level Up. up.